Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. I want to welcome you to a special edition of the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you learning ways to take better control of your wallet. You know, I normally talk about how it's about you learning ways to empower yourself with knowledge to make better financial decisions. And today we're doing something experimental as a special edition. We're going to take specific topic areas and do Clark 101. Krista's putting me on the shot clock. I tend to have tendency to run at the mouth. And so we came up with the idea, you know, when somebody's giving a speech and they have the green light in front of you and then it goes yellow and then red is shut your mouth and sit down. Krista's doing that with me starting right now. So we're going to do four topics. You're going to do two now, then we'll have a little break and then two more. And those topics are? Yes. Needs versus wants. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about how to get started saving today if it's not been part of your family culture or your personal culture. For your retirement. Yep. Regardless of what your age is. Mm-hmm. How to save money on transportation and avoid getting ripped off by protecting your identity and your credit. Okay. So you ready to hit the Needs timer? versus wants, go. Needs versus wants is something that I have talked about my entire career. And I started in this after retirement. So I retired when I was 31. And I started completely by accident doing financial advice, wallet advice, you know, in books, radio, TV, newspaper, websites, eventually all that. And this has been something all through the years. I mean, since the eighties, mid eighties, but what has changed is how hard it is for us to control our wants because the impulses to spend are everywhere. And so needs versus wants, how do you tell that? Okay. First things first. It's something you have to be willing to do yourself. You have to say, with each item, and I know people that are very disciplined with this, is that a need? Is that a want? You just actually have that internal monologue with yourself. That item that you're starting to grab, do you need it? And then there's things that are kind of fuzzy. So... We're already in spring goods selling time, and there was a phenomenal clearance sale on winter goods. And so I click on the site, and these deals were great. And I'm like already loading my shopping cart with items. And then what I did was I abandoned my cart, not to try to get an even bigger discount, but to think about it. And then later in the day, I went back to the cart. I was like, 
do I really need more beanies? Is that what you call those things you put over like this ski hat things? Do I need more of those? Do I need any more outer layers? Do I need any more winter coats? I'd put all those different kinds of items in my cart because the items were for sale up to 90% off. And there's this thing that happens to us. It's like endorphins from running that we see sale, 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 final clearance, 70, 80, 90% off. And we're all over it. And before you know it, you bought things you don't need. And because the impulses are everywhere, because you got your phone with you all the time, it's an addictive thing, a benefit and a curse. And you got the emails coming in and the texts about all the special sales. And so I am totally into this with the needs versus wants thing. And I find that I have to fight my strong impulses to buy something just because it's on sale. And then it gets hard, like I said, with something that's gray area. Do I need winter gear? Yes, I do. Did I need more winter gear than I already have? No, I didn't. I was in Costco the other day, and they're $16.99 winter gloves. They're head ski gloves that I love to wear walking the dogs and stuff on a cold day. So they were on clearance for $4.97. Don't worry, who knows if they're available at your store anyway. We're way past winter season now in terms of shopping. And (laughs) what did I do? I picked them up, was all excited, and I thought, do I really need another pair of winter gloves? Even though they were basically two-thirds or more off, I put them back and left them. It's something that I'm doing right now with myself as a challenge. And I ask you to, with each item, think once, think twice. Is it something you need? Is it something you want? And then second, just because it's on sale, does it make it something that suddenly you overcome that need versus want thing? And you say, yeah, I'm going to get it. And the answer is not for your wallet's health. Know that the impulses are everywhere. And here's something else. If you know I'm talking to you that you, if you're in a store, you're going to buy stuff. If you're looking at those emails from various retailers, you're going to buy stuff. If you go to websites, you're going to buy stuff. Then have the, the day diets. You know what day diets are? That certain days of the week, you do not shop virtually, on your phone, online, in person. You stay out of stores of all kinds and you'll be amazed how much less money you spend so that's 101 on that krista all right now we're going to talk about something that you know is a true focus of mine and that is creating financial independence in your life how important it is for you Through the course of your lifetime, from when you start working, to develop the habit as early as you can, from your first job ever if you can, that the mentality is solid with you, that you live on less than what you make. You know, I think about how many financial planners will tell me 
people come to me and say, I don't know what to do. I, I haven't been able to save money. I, you know, I want to start, uh, I want your advice how to build money for retirement or whatever it is. And then they'll start going through questions with you and find out, well, you owe Visa this and you owe MasterCard that and you owe on this seven-year car loan and you have this and that and the other. It all starts with a shift. You're going to hear a theme that's similar with this is with the prior thing about needs versus wants. It's all about you doing a full mental set or reset where you With every dollar you make, you set up that you're living on less than that dollar by whatever amount you're comfortable with. If you know yourself and you've never been able to live on less than what you make, no matter what you make, no matter your circumstance, there are people wired that way. So how do you overcome that wiring? You follow baby steps. You live on less than what you take a little teeny bit at a time. One penny of every dollar you divert into, if there's a retirement plan at work, use that. If you don't have that, you can set up a Roth IRA. Or if you are always hit with bill shock that then forces you into a situation where you pull out the credit cards and you're going back into debt, start with saving one penny of every dollar you make into an online savings account. The whole idea is starting the habit of living on less than what you make. Every six months, step it up one additional cent of each dollar. So you go from zero today to a year from today, you're saving two cents of each dollar. A year after that, four cents. A year after that, six cents. In five years, you're saving a dime of every dollar you make, which is really a minimal baseline. But if you're saving nothing, and I tell you you should be saving a minimum of 10 cents of every dollar, that's an impossible bridge for you to cross. And that's why you build habits steadily. And you didn't hear me say you stop at a dime of every dollar. You keep going till it becomes impossible for you to save more. You know, in families where there are multiple kids, there will be kids who have always been able to have money in their wallet and other kids that are always trying to borrow money. We, no matter what household we grow up in, no matter what the culture of our parents, we have our own internal thing about money. And so some people just naturally are savers and are very careful. And you'll hear this in questions people pose to me on the podcast. And then there are others that this is always a struggle. And if you're making near minimum wage and you can't even come up with enough money to buy food to put on the table, this is not for you. But for most of us, it's all a matter of what we do with the dollars we make and how we rethink what we do with the dollars we make. You know, we had somebody uh, in February, since it's now just March, we had somebody last month who was talking about having a 24-year-old car that's still working fine. And they knew someday that car was going to give up the ghost. 
think how many people do what they call what they talk about in the carpet business. People tire out of carpet before the carpet is tired. That's the way we are with cars. So, so much in life is our mentality. And that's my challenge to you is to try to rethink it and learn to live on less than what you make. And if you're not familiar with Roth IRAs, you're not familiar with how the proper way to use a 401k, you're not familiar with various savings vehicles and investment vehicles and retirement vehicles, we have briefings for you at Clark.com to help you take these words you've heard from me if you're motivated now to get going. Coming up ahead, we have two more topics we're going to talk about. Mentioned cars just a minute ago. We're going to talk about how you go about buying a car. And then we're going to finish this special edition of the Clark Howard podcast with how you best can protect your identity in a world where it's so easy for someone to impersonate you financially or otherwise, and people don't know who they're doing business with anymore, which makes it so easy for the identity thieves. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We have been on an unprecedented climb in home values since we hit bottom of values following the banking scandals in 2012. So here we are 12 years later, and we've gone from having some of the most affordable housing in any developed country to now unbelievably unaffordable housing, particularly on each coast and some big metro areas in between. Our wallets are really being squeezed. So it forces us to make choices. A lot of people choosing to rent instead of buy. And the housing cost, which is the largest cost most of us have, has now put a strain on the rest of our money. And there's one thing we spend so much money on as Americans that's the one area we can have the greatest impact. And that's the wheels we drive. Because something's got to give. The housing costs consuming more of every dollar we make leaves less money for us for transportation. And okay, so reality, most people are driving more vehicle than they actually need. I mean, you know, I started this podcast talking about needs versus wants. You look at cars, transportation, and so much is, well, I just wanted it. I didn't even know I was going to buy something. And I saw that new SUV and I pulled into the dealer before I knew it. I, I got it. Now I'm in this new six-year loan. And interest rates are not low on vehicle loans right now. They're high. And the cost of new and used cars has come down 
but they're still way up from before the COVID supply chain disruptions. So if you'll go into my vehicle buying straight jacket, you'll be in much better shape. Rule number one, if you think it's time for you to get a new vehicle or new to you used vehicle, go pre-qualify for financing. Go get it done. Go to a credit union, really never a bank. Go to a credit union because credit union loan rates almost always are quite a bit cheaper than loans from most banks. If you get lucky and you find a, a local bank that's writing really good rates on vehicle loans, fine. But usually you're going to find that you're much better off at the credit union. Sometimes much, much better off. You want to be much, much better off? Have a loan from a credit union than financing at the dealer. Always have your financing arranged. And when you go to the dealer, they've got a special factory subsidized loan available on whatever make and model you're buying. This would be new vehicles. And it beats what you have from the credit union. Fine. Go for it. But when you're going to shop for that loan, I'm going to really put you into a vice you're going to hate me for right now, but love me later. If there's a vehicle you're targeting and you know the approximate price and the credit union loan officer or the online tool on the credit union website says, well, you take out that loan for what I recommend. I tell people 42 months. People look at me like I'm crazy. But let's say you even go 48. If that payment at 48 months doesn't fit in your budget, it's not time for you to be buying a new vehicle, period. Unless your vehicle was stolen, not recovered, totaled in an accident, whatever. It's not time for you to buy a new vehicle if you cannot afford the payment on at most a 48-month loan. My preference, 42, but max 48. The financial harm you're causing yourself when you go into a longer loan where you're upside down in that vehicle for the life of the vehicle. It's brutal because you are a prisoner to that payment and money's already tight because of how much housing costs are. So how bad is it to keep driving what you're driving? There are times that what somebody has is no longer reliable transportation and you're pushed between a rock and a hard place and you need to get something else. New to you used or new. Truth, almost always when people get rid of a vehicle they're driving, that vehicle's got plenty of life in front of it and they're getting rid of it just because they're bored with it and they want something else. Please be honest with yourself about that. The other thing is when you go to buy new or used, Knowing the right way to do so is key and central. We've devoted a lot of effort at Clark.com walking you through the right way to buy a new vehicle or a new-to-you-used vehicle. Please follow the steps. And I do want to mention to you, I keep hearing from people that dealers picked up some really bad habits during the COVID vehicle shortages that they don't realize won't play in the marketplace anymore unless you let them. A lot of dealers doing all these packs. Packs are made-up charges, like some kind of protection package on the pain of the vehicle 
where they're marking up the vehicle another $2,500 for a wax to the car or something. Don't fall for any of this junk. They're going to try to cram down your throat. You're the customer. The balance of power in the vehicle business has shifted back to you from the COVID shortages. Knowledge is power. Take control. And remember more than anything else for new vehicles, do all your shopping online. Never, ever, ever negotiate at the dealer. So, Chris, did I stay inside your yep, time you limit? just made it. All right. One more to go. You got this. All right. Who are you anyway? <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. All of our identities are at risk. This is something that the consequences have gotten more difficult for people. I want to start with two pieces of low-hanging fruit. When should you carry your Social Security card on your person? Okay, I didn't have anything to say, except if, let's say, you're starting a new job and they need to see it there, or you're doing some kind of government document where, like a passport, and they want to see your Social Security card if they did. Be very, very wary anytime you give your Social Security number to anybody and carrying it with you, big bad idea. Because if it gets stolen, Social Security numbers have become the de facto national identity system. And it's why they're so central to what identity thieves do. So you don't want to have it on your person as a practice ever unless there is a specialized circumstance. You need to take it somewhere just for that time and then you take it back home and lock it up. Ours is in a fire safe. Second, do not carry a checkbook. This is serious as a heart attack. You do not carry a checkbook. Checkbooks are like the biggest nightmare of identity theft there is because this is the weirdest thing. Somebody can steal your money and then you get arrested and have to go hire a defense attorney and have a criminal record because somebody stole your checkbook and wrote checks as if they're you. Terrible problem. People get arrested all the time as innocent victims of check fraud. The system is broken with checks. As much as you can, never, ever write a check and never mail one. If you have to write a check for some special circumstance and you feel you have no choice other than to mail it, in either case, use one of these black gel pens that make it very difficult and they sell them all different places now. What they do is the way that gel ink, that black ink bleeds, it becomes very difficult, if not impossible, for criminals to engage in check washing, which is a terrible problem. I see news stories every single week where, I mean, really, if I looked every day, I'd see them from around the country where somebody's check got stolen, was washed, new payee, new amount, their bank account gets cleaned out, and they go through trying to move heaven and earth to get their money back in their account. Checks are dangerous. When you're paying bills now, as I talked about, if you heard the prior broadcast on this check problem, pay 
directly at the website of who you're paying online rather than mailing a check. In fact, there are some issues with financial institution bill pay services that you do with your own financial institution to do bill pay. If they are not paying it electronically to who you're paying to, it becomes dangerous for you to use that bill pay service because of the problems of theft of mail. Set up a credit freeze if you've not done so yet. Credit freeze is something millions of Americans have done, but many, many, many more millions of Americans have not. Our information has leaked in data breach after data breach after data breach. And if you don't put in place a credit freeze, a criminal who can buy your information online for as little as 40 cents can turn around and apply for credit as if they are you. Very important. Credit freeze is free. It affects none of the credit you already have. It just makes you go through additional steps when you do want to apply for credit in the future. If you go to clark.com slash credit freeze, we'll show you how to do it. Debit cards are something that you should use sparingly because debit card fraud is ugly. And if somebody gets your debit card number, the money's coming directly out of your checking account and you've created a lot of danger for yourself and then have a very hard time because the bank's already paid the money out. They don't like giving you the money back and they fight tooth and nail against you even though the law has specific requirements. The burden of proof falls on you and you may not ever be able to get your money back that was stolen using your debit card number. When you shop online, use one-time use only virtual card numbers. Even if a website gets hacked, what the criminal has is useless because they may have intercepted a one-time use code, one-time use number that is of no use to them moving forward. That's why I love all the financial institutions that are now offering one-time use numbers for online shopping. There's much more about identity theft and how to protect yourself on Clark.com. And I hope you enjoyed all four of the topics that we addressed as our quick takes today that I feel are so important for your financial fitness. And please let us know if you enjoy this format where I'm just straight to you audio or video rather than our normal talking with you about a topic, having your questions, and then on like that. What do you prefer? What do you enjoy? It helps us inform what we might do with special episodes again in the future. 